Good morning. Welcome to Christ Church, a church about lifting lives, elevating Christ to church for those who aren't here yet. I'm Pastor Andrew, one of the pastors here on staff, and it's a joy to work, uh, spend, spend some time with you over these last couple of weeks. We've, we've been in a conversation, uh, myself as your pastor and you as a congregation. We've been entering into a time where we are trying to better understand that, that word service, the role of service in our lives. We began this sermon series by acknowledging that unfortunately in both secular environments as well as in uh, Christian environments, sadly, the reality is that sometimes service can be misconstrued and misunderstood. And so we've been taking the time as a church to dive into the who, what, where, when, why of service in relation to the Christian life. Uh, next week, we're going to be kicking off a new sermon series, so I invite you to come and be part of that. It's called uh, I'm Okay, Everything's Fine. Uh, it will be perfectly timed for when you sit down and have all those awkward conversations for, for Thanksgiving, uh, where you, someone looks at you and says, how are you? Say, I'm okay, everything's fine. Uh, and so it's going to be getting at the reality of things that we wrestle with and things in the backdrop of our lives and how we can be authentic, how we can be true, and speak into those sort of uh, messages. We invite you to be a part of that. And also, just a word of encouragement, be sensitive to others who might need to hear that same message. Bring them with you. This is an opportunity to invite the people in your own life who may not be able to say, yeah, everything's fine, and mean it. So please, go out of your way to think about that person and bring them to be a part of what's going to happen in the next couple weeks as we wrap up the We Serve sermon series today. Out of all the various uh, topics that we've covered, ideas that we've covered, the who, what, where, when, when, why, uh, we, we are landing on why. We are finishing today with the why. Why is it that we as Christian people serve? Uh, two weeks ago, we had a guest speaker join us. Dundee from Strong Hearts International was here to help guide us through the conversation related to where. This morning, I want to extend the invitation as well. We have another guest speaker who's going to be joining us this morning. This particular speaker uh, really is going to help frame for us and answer that question of why. He's actually written uh, about it. He's written extensively. He's a profound and prolific author. Uh, he's a seminary professor. His specialization and training is in Old Testament studies, uh, specifically in Genesis and the book of Psalms. However, he is most known for his lectures on the New Testament, uh, with an emphasis on Romans and the book of Galatians. He's an incredible, influential individual, worldwide known. His works have been translated into multiple languages. He's really an astounding guy. He's had a profound effect on my own life as well. And so would you please join me in welcoming our guest speaker this morning. Here with us today, he hails from Germany. He's made in China. He is Dr. Martin Luther. Yes, yes. Good to have you here with us this morning. Dr. Luther, thank you. Hope you don't mind if I call you Marty. Is that all right with you? All right, we're going for it. Uh, Martin Luther is actually an incredibly influential person in the Christian tradition. And uh, he's had a, a really profound impact, I know, on my life as a Lutheran pastor, specifically on my own denominational heritage. Uh, but, but he tackles the question of service in the life of a Christian and really gets at the why. Why is it that we serve? Martin Luther goes out of his way to, to take this up in his own words, and he does it by writing a treatise called On the Freedom of a Christian, and he puts forward a thesis, and it's really a pretty profound thesis. I have it for you here. This is what he says to kind of lead off as he begins to explore this idea of service. He says, a Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. Interesting. 
Luther puts forward the idea that at the same time, two things that don't seem to go together in a Christian, they are indeed married together. They are intrinsically tied. They belong together, and they coexist. Martin Luther's theology is what we refer to in theological circles as paradoxical theology. His paradox is very strong in his theology. I'll give you another example for you. Martin Luther believes that you can be both a saint and a sinner at the same time. This dialectical thinking you will find in other traditions and in other uh, practices as well, other professions. But as it relates to the Christian faith, Luther says, look, at the same time, you can be Lord and Master. You can be king and queen. You can be the, the, the ruler, totally free, beholding to no one. And at the exact same time, you are a slave and a servant to every single person who crosses your path. How can this be? Well, what Luther is trying to do is spend some time understanding works and faith. Those are his words and terminology. He is uh, writing to us in a particular time and place. When he uses the word works, he's referring to the works of our hands or the works of our body, the acts of service that we do in relation to our neighbors and the acts of service that we do in relation to God himself. That, that we so often serve our neighbors and we serve God. And for many, people rely on that as the justification for having a relationship with God and even a right relationship with God. In fact, if you go back to our Jewish roots, as the Christian tradition was birthed out of Judaism, the Jewish roots was based on 613 laws the Jewish Mosaic Code. And the idea was that you had to follow this code, these rules, these laws, and in doing so, you would be made right with other people, and you would be made right with God. Your justification, your rightness in life was established and bound by how you worked, what acts that you did, your life of servitude to your neighbor and to God. Unfortunately, the Bible seems to convey to us that that's not enough, that we all seem to fall short. We seem to make mistakes. We have brokenness in our lives, and as such, we cannot live up to the laws that were prescribed to us. And so Jesus comes, and in Jesus, Jesus sets a new trajectory for God's people. He fulfills in his life all of the laws, and in doing so, sets you free from having to do so yourself. You are free from the obligations and the expectations of having to live a certain way. You are defined not by the acts in your own life, the works of your own life, but in fact, Christian people are defined by Christ. Not what you have done, but what Christ has done for you. Christ his life, his death, his resurrection is what makes a Christian. Not what you do, but what has been done for you. Christ makes the Christian a novelty, I know. But this was pretty groundbreaking in the 1500s because people had kind of lost their way in this. And Martin Luther uncovers this and says, look, a Christian is made right by God based on faith believing and trusting that what Jesus has done is sufficient. 
And that is true for us to this very day. It is faith in Jesus that makes us right with God, not the works and the acts of servitude. Does this mean your pastor is standing up in front of you and telling you that your works of servitude don't matter? You don't have to do them to be right with God? That it doesn't make a difference? Well, it's not so clean cut, right? Yes, your acts of service don't make you right with God. But that doesn't mean they don't matter. They still have their place. And Luther is trying to figure out how faith and your works relate to each other. He's adamant about faith, and he draws upon a variety of scriptures. Take, for example, Galatians chapter 5. He says, look, Christ is the one who has truly set us free. We are free from the obligations and expectations of the past, and we don't want to now get tied up in, in the old way of living in slavery to that law. No, 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 no. We are truly free lords and masters through Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself says, hey, if the Son sets you free, you're really, truly, completely, utterly free because of what Christ has done for you. But then we get to our question and our tension. If Jesus is what makes a Christian, why do Christians bother with good works? Luther says it in his own way. He says, if faith does all things, and faith is sufficient, alone sufficient, unto righteousness, that is, rightness with God, why then are good works commanded? Why bother serving your neighbor? Why do we do good things? Perhaps you might, ask the, you might make the statement, we will take our ease and do no works and be content with faith. That is to say, we're going to open a brewski, sit back on the pontoon boat, and coast for the rest of life, not bothering to do any good works. Luther says, not so, you wicked men, not so. I can just picture him like waggling his fingers and his jaws like, you know, jiggling stuff like, maybe it's just me, okay. But no, that's not how this works, Luther says. For those who are asking the question, if Christ makes a Christian, then why should I bother serving? This is what Luther wants to answer. And he has two reasons. Now, it's true that if you only have 30 seconds and you need an elevator pitch with somebody someday to answer the question of why do Christians do nice things, why do Christians good people, that sort of thing, you are not going to have the time to give them this whole sermon or Luther's more clear theological reasonings. The simple answer is we serve because Jesus served us. That's the simple answer. We actually kind of already covered that in week one, if you didn't pick that up. Go back and re-listen to it. If you've only got a simple, short window with someone, that's the answer as to why. But Luther wants to dig deeper. He wants to get into the nitty-gritty of it. And so he takes us into the first point. And the first point might surprise you. Why do we serve? Well, we need it. You and I. Christians, we actually need our own service. Not that we serve ourselves, but we need to serve others. 
for our own well-being and for our own good, we need to live a life active in serving others. Why? Well, Luther, along with Christ Church and all of Christianity, takes our brokenness and the messiness of this world very seriously. Here at Christ Church, we take sin and pain and suffering seriously. It's a big deal, sin and brokenness. Luther understands this, and the Scriptures support this. Luther teaches us that we are saints, but also sinners at the same time. In the Bible, it says this in Romans chapter 7. It says, look, I love God's law with all my heart. I aspire to be that Christian person. I aspire to be who God designed and desired me to be. But I have to acknowledge that there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. That is to say that, that, that I still seem to make mistakes and do silly things. There are moments of selfishness. There are moments of pride. There are moments of arrogance. And there are things that I do in my own brokenness that reinforce sin in my life. And it actually impacts the lives of others too. I'm willing to acknowledge that. I don't know about you, but in my brokenness, I struggle with the idea that the world doesn't revolve around me. My kids are all too happy to remind me of this fact, but, but I am continually rediscovering that the world doesn't revolve only around me. And it's because my sin is real. And in my brokenness, I can become really selfish and self-focused. The Bible says elsewhere in Galatians chapter 5, it says that those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed their passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross, and they've crucified them there. And that's true, but that's like a daily effort. I don't know about you, but my sinful desires and passions are really good at coming down off the cross. It takes work to put them back up there. It takes discipline to put them back up there. In fact, the Apostle Paul will say that the Christian life is very akin to being like an athlete who has a lot of self-discipline in life. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. That is to say that I am training myself so that I stay healthy, so that I become the person that Christ aspires me to be. That takes a lot of self-discipline. What is it that I can do? to help crucify my sinful desires? Well, service. Focus on somebody besides yourself. That's what you can do to remind yourself that it's not all about you. Love and serve and give yourself over to service of others. That will actually keep you healthier as a Christian. That as you make in the, in the regular habit of your everyday, the practice of being aware and being sensitive to the reality of others, you will become better and healthier at, at taking the sin seriously in your life and crucifying that and making the kingdom of God real in you and through you. 
You see, Luther is saying, look, when you take sin seriously, you need to take service seriously so that you continue to stay healthy as a Christian person and become the person that Christ desired you to be. That makes a ton of sense. We, as Christian people, actually need the self-discipline that breaks us out of our own selfishness when we serve and engage others. Well done, Luther. Wholeheartedly agree. He makes a second point. He says, once you've understood this, once you've grasped this, once you get the fact that your service keeps you healthy, there is another place that needs service, or more specifically, person that needs your service, and that is your neighbor. For as much as you need to serve your neighbor, your neighbor actually needs your service. There are people in this broken, hurting world that need what you can bring into their lives. They need you to come alongside of them and help them and cherish them, take care of their minds, their bodies, and their spirits. For as much as we can acknowledge that we got a lot of messiness and brokenness in our own lives, that is true in the lives of the people around us. And they need what we have. They need the works of our hands, the acts of service that we can bring into their lives so that they, they themselves can be healthier and that they themselves can glimpse and believe in the kingdom of God. You get the privilege of loving people. And make no mistake, people need your love. Have you ever been in a situation before where you just like, I just need someone to love me right now? Have you ever had that before? Where you're like totally overwhelmed or totally frustrated or life's just not going right and you're like looking up at the stars and you're like, I just need somebody to love me. I had a moment the other day where I was putting my girls to bed. Now I am currently, my wife is traveling, she's out visiting some family and so it's one dad and three girls, okay? So I am outgunned, outmanned, uh, outnumbered. There's a lot of estrogen flowing in my house. And I was getting to the end of my day and I was considering it a pretty successful day and that they were all alive, they were all fed and they were in some semblance of pajamas. And I was putting them to bed, the baby was ready in the crib and the two older ones were just driving me crazy. And there I was at my last edge of patience. You guys ever have that where you just, you're patient and there it went. It just was gone. No more patience. And I did what I shouldn't have done, and I snapped at my girls. They weren't even doing anything. I just, I just unloaded on them. I snapped at them, right? And, and it got real quiet, and I had to take a deep breath, and I realized, oh, that's my sin. That's my brokenness coming out. Now I have to do the, 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 the right good thing. I have to apologize to my daughters. I have to apologize. So I said, girls, I'm sorry. Sometimes dad has a hard time Sometimes dad gets overwhelmed, dad gets frustrated, dad loses his patience. I'm sorry that I'm not always a great dad, right? And in that moment, there was another little pause. And uh, this is a moment where I'm like, I just, I feel crummy. You guys know what I'm talking about? And my, my oldest takes the blanket off her head and she sits up. She looks right at me. They're in a loft, so we're like eye level. She says, you're a great dad. And then my four-year-old pops out from underneath. Yeah, you're a great dad! And she disappears. 
<laughs> and in that moment, they loved me, and I needed it. Because I was allowing my sinful nature and the brokenness of my life and guilt and shame to begin to drag me down and define me, and I had forgotten. What, what my little girls did there was more than simply bring to me a kind word as a word of uh, act of service. They reminded me of who I really am. And there was a kingdom element. Now, I admit I have a theological paradigm. So in this emotional moment with my daughters, I was thinking theologically, okay? But I was reminded of the kingdom of God and reminded that my God loves me. And, I, and, and for as many times as I make mistakes, God cherishes me and forgives me. And the same is true for you. He cherishes you. He loves you. He forgives you. He wants what's best for you. And you get to bring that love into other people's lives, particularly when they really need it. When someone's feeling overwhelmed, someone's struggling, that you go to the coffee pot and you go down and pass the cubicles and you see the person crying, they, they need to know your love and the love of their God. Your spouse needs to know that they're loved. Your, your coworkers, your friends, your, your soccer dads, the moms that you get coffee with, your friends and companions, your adult children, you get to love them, serve them, and they need it because they are facing the same harsh world that we are. The Bible talks about this over and over in a bunch of different places, specifically in Galatians 5 again. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom. That is that freedom. That is that hope that defines you. Don't use that freedom, though, just for yourself. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Or Philippians 2.4, don't look only for your own interests. Not that your own interests are bad, but... Be aware and be conscious that there are other people and, and they have needs and interests too. And you can meet them in those needs. You can meet them in those interests. Or perhaps most bluntly, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, even though I am free, right? I, I am Lord and Master, beholden to none, defined by the person of Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection. That's who you are. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become, I have chosen to embrace becoming a slave to all people. Why? To bring many to Jesus Christ so that other people could hear of God's love and God's grace, that they could be fed, they could be cared for, they could have shelter. That, that students could be taught and raised up and edified, that, that, that the elderly would know that they're not alone, that, 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 that the kingdom of God would be made manifest in me and through me for the sake of my neighbor, that Jesus might come into their lives and they would know him and love him and be loved by him just like I am, that they too would have faith and become a Christian as I am.
because this world needs your neighbors need Christ and you you get to bring him to them so Luther submits his second point our neighbor they need our service our charity our love our generosity these are the two big reasons why one to keep us healthy and become the people God aspired us inspired designed us to be and secondly so that our neighbors could also be invited to believe and know the person of Jesus Christ and become the person that Christ desired and designed them to be as well to become part of his kingdom this is why we serve we serve because people need Christ's love his person and his kingdom and Christ's love is the love that is not only for you but it is a love that comes through you into the lives of others as well I'll let the good doctor have the last word Martin finishes his treatise by saying a Christian lives not in himself but in Christ and in his neighbor he lives in Christ through faith and in his neighbor through love by faith he is caught up beyond himself into God and by love he descends beneath himself into his neighbor I invite you coming out of this series to truly embrace service in the life of a Christian in your own life allow me to pray that into you over you and for you to close gracious God we do humbly pray we entreat you Jesus that you by your grace and your goodness would remind you Lord of how you you have promised in your scriptures to make known to us the freedom and the hope that you have accomplished we ask that we, we would be open to receiving that knowing that living into what it means to be claimed by you your children defined by you we ask that as Christian people in our freedom we would leverage our lives for the sake and the well-being of others and that in doing so we ourselves would be made healthy and whole we ask that your kingdom would come to us and through us we ask that our acts of service our acts of generosity kindness and love would truly keep us healthy as Christian people keep us rooted in the disciplines of following you as your disciples and most of all we pray for our neighbors we pray for those who are hurting right now grieving those who are struggling in mind in their bodies and in their spirits in being connected to you grounded in you we ask that our lives and the freedom you have won for us would be poured out as a pleasing and holy sacrifice to you for the sake and the well-being of our neighbors that they too might come to know you and believe in you experience your kingdom be welcomed into the fellowship become part of your church 
We ask and pray all these things, Jesus Christ, for attitude and a heart of service in all things. We ask and pray it in your holy and precious name. Amen.